Good evening, and welcome to another edition of the JMU Sports Blog Podcast. I'm Todd. I'm joined, as always, by my buddy Rob. What's up, Rob? Nothing. How you doing? I'm, I'm doing pretty good. I'm pretty inspired by the content we've already recorded here. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. was a. That was. I think everybody should enjoy that. It was. It was really fun. Yeah. Um, fun conversation. Yeah. So, welcome everybody. We are back. Um, I, I don't. I don't know. It feels. This is the last day of March, Rob. We're done. Yes. Can we turn the calendar? It's, it's March 375th. <laughs> right. Oh, my God. I can't believe it. Yeah, we're, we're a couple hours away from at least turning the calendar to April. Mm-hmm. Maybe some better weather in large parts of the JMU viewing audience. <laughs> so welcome, everybody. Uh, I, this is quarantine edition number three. Uh, Rob and I are here tonight to with, I don't know, Rob, I didn't mean to get choked up and there, get all emo there during the middle of that conversation, but. I did realize as we were doing it, I'm like, this might be the most important thing we've ever talked about on the podcast. Yeah, no, it was neat. I mean, yeah. it was nice to talk about something. Um, and I guess we should we should mention yeah. this. We we have Dr. Tim Miller, you know, Vice President of Student Affairs from JMU. Um, yeah. He was a student. He was a classmate of ours in the room at the same time. Um, had recently came to JMU, what, two years ago? Two years, George, yeah. George Washington mm-hmm. um, really has made a very positive impression on the student body. And certainly on those of us as alums who pay attention to this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we decided to have him come on tonight. Had a nice conversation with him talking about how this is impacting the students and faculty. And then uh, some of the ways that we can help as alums. So mm-hmm. it was kind of a, a fun, as much as we can say fun. Yeah. It was nice to have a twist of like, okay, let's talk about a real problem and ways we as a community can address it. And maybe those of us that are in better situations than others and and are less affected, we can donate to Madison Forever and some of these scholarships. So it was just nice to talk about kind of successful transitions that the school is still in the process of making Mm -hmm. to online learning. And it's cool to hear some from somebody like Tim, who's so passionate about helping students and making sure they've got experiences that are every bit as positive as the one you and I had at JMU. So it it was a fun conversation. It was, I felt like it was like reading a Gladwell book or something. Like I I learned a few things tonight, you know, I can see what I hadn't thought of. Yeah, and I can see why the students respond so positively to him. Yeah, and I just, you know, we spend, like, I think we both talked about this, Rob, you know, not to put our own angst out there, but we all watch the news and we see what's going on. And it, there's only so many videos of sort of the horror coming out of certain parts of the country that you can watch, right? Yeah. And you almost lose track of, like, all the other ways this affects um, our world, our country, our states, our, and in this case, our JMU students. Right. And it was kind of kind of nice to, you know, pivot and think about something else. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry. Now we've, we're have we going to use pivot twice in this podcast and someone yeah. can shoot us later. <laughs> but but yeah, it, it really was. And we can't thank Dr. Miller enough. It, it means a lot to us. And it's pretty clear. Um, you know, it's abundantly clear how passionate he is for his work and, and the students he's trying to look out for at this time. So. Uh, huge thanks to him. As always, we are brought to you by Pale Fire Brewing in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Rob, I found out today from my next door neighbor that he's actually like brothers-in-law with Tim. Really? <laughs> yeah, from Pale Fire. Yeah, I know. I had wow. no idea. Just getting cool. all excited about the Village Green. Uh, so <laughs> I was like, all right, that's awesome. Um, so more to come on that. Obviously, that's an over-the-fence conversation right now. So yeah. not having yeah. anybody on those the podcast. Count. Yeah. yeah, those count too. Uh, but Pale Fire, uh, for anybody that doesn't know forget about our promotion, whatever we're doing with them. Um, industry folks in Harrisonburg can go to Pale Fire 
most days of the week and participate in their food bank. Uh, check it out on their Facebook page. Check it out on their website. There's information everywhere. But Pale Fire is one of the real partners uh, down there in Harrisonburg and Rockingham County and trying to provide um, you know, basic needs for some of the people in the restaurant industry that are without jobs and without a livelihood um, right now. We know it's going to be at least four weeks, probably, you know, could be months before people get those much ballyhooed federal checks in their pockets. So, um, you know, some of these people are hurting right now. And uh, we're just, we're really impressed with what Tim and the team at Pale Fire is doing. It's an awesome idea. <clears throat> They're just huge proponents of the community and thanks to them. And same thing goes for Mossy Creek, Rob. I saw we were both online tonight watching. Yeah. Uh, our buddy, Mossy Creek Fly Fishing. Well, June 10th, I, I might need to get into fly tying. I think I might have to I, I actually asked, like, where can I buy the beginner kit I saw online? that, and, yeah, I, I'm and like, I, I clicked the link. I'm like, okay, this is good. I've been, I've, been, I've been going back and forth for years, being like, this might be good for me. Just I need something to kind of calm me down and a get-off-the-computer sort of hobby where I could just go upstairs and spend an hour just relaxing the end of the night. Yeah. This might be a good one. So maybe I'll get in fly time. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I thought the same thing. So I actually, Rob, you, I, you and I, neither one of us have ever been big video game people. No. Right. We were sort of post, like we were old enough that we missed the massive rush on video games. Yeah. But young enough that we like have never gotten back into it, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Um, and I have been talking to my brother about it the last couple of days. Like maybe I should, I mean, I don't know what I'm doing, right? <laughs> like tonight it was raining after I shut down the computer for work. And I was like, well, what do I do? You know, yeah, so I like, really like to play Tiger Woods golf right now. <laughs> but fly tying sounds a lot more um, cerebral. My, my speed. Yeah, right, yeah. What I need right now. Yeah. So who knows? But the guys at Bossy Creek are still running their online store. They are actually doing drive-through uh, fishing shop pickups. So if there's anything that you need. Never thought that the uh, fly fishing shop would need a pickup window, but they do have one right now if there's any of your actual needs. And check them out online. Uh, really check out their Facebook page because Brian did tonight uh, a beginner fly tying class. And he's going to be doing, it looks like they're, uh, Colby and Brian and the guys are going to be doing a lot more of that kind of thing over the coming weeks. So it's pretty cool. There were people, it was cool, Rob. I don't know if you saw, there were like people from like Portugal and the Philippines, like yeah, all awesome. these hardcore fly fishermen from all over the place um, asking really serious questions that I had no idea what they were talking about. Yep. Um, but that was kind of fun. So all those things have been fun. And the last thing before we get started uh, with Tim tonight is, uh, Rob, we'll talk about, we were going to say, we'll talk about the NCAA eligibility announcement um, next show or two, right? Yeah, yeah we will is... probably work it in sometime this summer. Yeah, yeah. So the NCAA did announce um, in the last couple of days that athletes, student athletes who were participating in spring sports that were canceled entire, almost entirely, um, you know, two thirds of the season plus this spring uh, will be eligible um, next year for another year. They'll have a essentially like a fourth and a half year of eligibility. Um, a whole lot of things that Rob and I haven't figured out yet in terms of how this actually works and whether it's a good idea. Um, so we'll, you know, it's great for those kids, but we'll see where we all are come June or July this year. Um, yeah. yeah. So, but, but we had, we have not had time with our own lives to figure out the sort of details of it to present in any knowledgeable way. So we'll talk about that soon. Rob, 
with that, I think we're, let's kick it over to the interview with Dr. Miller. This is a really cool one. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Here you go, everybody. Thanks. Sports Blog Podcast. Um, Todd and Rob here. We are so excited tonight to be joined by a, a legitimate guest um, from the JMU world <laughs> and someone we're really glad to have on at this time. Uh, we're, this is, we're joined by Dr. Tim Miller, our Vice President for Student Affairs down at JMU. And, you know, an old friend of ours. So welcome, Tim. Thank you so much for making the time during this uh, tough time. No problem. I'm excited to be here. Uh, Jamie and I are both big fans of you all and the sports blogs. We appreciate uh, me being on here. And, you know, she's mad I got on here first, but I'm excited <laughs> to, to join you all. <laughs> We're delighted to have you. Um, yeah, for, for everybody to know, uh, J- Tim's wife, Jamie, is a former president, longtime president of the Alumni Association. And really great uh, friend of the pod and and just old classmate of ours that we're glad to have both of them uh, consider them both friends. And at this time, really amazed that Tim's able to make the time. Tim, we wanted to have you on because giving day was canceled last week. It's obviously the farthest thing in the world from anybody's mind during this time, but we knew that there were some really pressing needs at JMU right now. And in particular, we, it made me think of you and you and I kind of connected and I thought um, maybe you could let people know, what, what's the most important things people can be thinking about JMU-wise right now, outside of, like, just the student world, you know? <laughs> sure. Well, I mean, I appreciate you all's passion for this and, obviously, passion for JMU. I mean, it felt like the wrong time to hold a big celebratory day for JMU and ask for lots of money when people are really strapped. But one of the things that's always interesting at these times is, you know, the people that have it hard have it even harder and people who probably had it okay now have it hard. And, Mm -hmm. you know, when I think about the Madison's Forever scholarships and the ability to make it possible for our students to finish, you know, I talked to some students today. Mm -hmm. I have a student advisory board of about 60 students that I meet with every two weeks and we met today. And one of them asked about, you know, what can Jamie do to help me? Like my dad just lost my job or lost his job. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, she's going to be a senior and she's worried if she's going to be able to finish her JMU career. And, you know, those Madison Forever scholarships really make a difference for that student who has put three years in, has scraped by and really done everything she can to be successful. And we want people to finish. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just think that that's such a huge thing right now for our students. And, you know, when I when I look at a senior who, who's put in that time, you know, we've got to do whatever we can to help them. And, that's why I really believe in, in what we've done with those scholarships, because uh, I think we're going to have a, another tough time financially as a country. Uh, but especially some of these families who, you know, maybe were just making ends meet before. Uh, and then another thing that is very close to my heart uh, is food insecurity for our students. Uh, there are a lot of students that really struggle to get a balanced meal. And, and I'm I understand. I remember the days when we joked about surviving on ramen noodles. Uh, You know, ramen noodles is a dream for some of these students. And, you know, we were able to open a food pantry this year that's really been serving a lot of students, especially now. Uh, This past weekend, we had about 30 students who came through to get food. And and this is basic stuff uh, that they're trying to do. And, And for students to already have to worry about figuring out college and figuring out that, but also adding on top of that an inability to find food and find enough to eat. You know, it's hard to study when you're hungry. It's hard to sort of focus on your future when your present is so dire. 
And the example I'll give you from my experience with this, because I've actually done a lot of work on this nationally, students that are in this place in their life where they don't have enough to eat will go to sleep when they're hungry because they know they can only afford two meals a day. Mm -hmm. So someone might look at them and say, oh, they're lazy. Like, No, no, no. He went to sleep at nine because he was hungry and he knew he couldn't eat. Mm -hmm. And that's just a thing that I don't think our students should have to be thinking about of, you know, balancing seven dollars to make work for an entire day of meals uh, or less than that. Sometimes uh, we know that there's about 20 percent of JMU students struggle with getting enough to eat on a regular basis. Uh, and that's pretty pretty much the national average. So wow. It depends on who you ask, but 20% of college students generally struggle with this. And Jamie's no different than that. And uh, those are two, I mean, they're obviously, I want people to help in any way they can. Mm-hmm. But for me personally, those are two things that I think can really make a difference. And Tim, could you just, for people that aren't familiar with it, could you explain, Madison Forever, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't this stood up during the last financial crisis as a way to help deal with students who are already enrolled at JMU but had an unanticipated financial burden? And this is a scholarship where people kind of, we can donate and help people continue on and finish their JMU education. Is that the best way to describe it? Absolutely. We're, you know, the way I think about it is it's that it's the finish line scholarship is the way I think about it. It's that, you know, you've gotten here, you've been well, and then something dramatically changed in your family's situation. Um, And you think about these students who have put in the time and now suddenly aren't going to be able to finish up and aren't going to be able to get that JMU dream to completion. Uh, and yeah, so that's something that existed then that still exists. We still have a lot of students we help. And, you know, I had a student last year that um, right after I got here, she was actually, um, I guess, the neighbor of a, a friend of mine from JMU from college uh, whose dad died. Mm-hmm. Um, and we we got her through with Madison Forever. And, you know, she hadn't previously qualified for things and all that because her dad, you know, was alive and made good money, but then her dad passed away. And it was like, he was alive one day and gone the next and no one, like no one expected it. Uh, not that it makes it easier when you expect it, but Madison forever got her to college, got her to graduate. Uh, and that's really the power of this, you know, these scholarships for these students. So is this like fill the gap? I know Todd was explaining this earlier, you know, having more experience in higher ed than me, but essentially like some of these kids, it's so sudden they don't have the opportunity to continue uninterrupted without something that's because they can't reapply through FAFSA and get different financial aid in a semester semester basis. Is that a fair way of, of characterizing it? Absolutely. That's a great way of describing it. I think it's that unexpected, don't have time to go back through the process. And the process wouldn't show anything because mm-hmm. that process would show that the, the father, in this case, most recent tax, you know, you know, right, yeah. made $100,000 last year. Well, you're not eligible. Right. Um, but because this is our money that people gave for this particular purpose, we have a little bit more flexibility on how we use it. Yeah, this is going to be super important. I mean, even these, even the checks from the government now, you know, are going to be based on 2019 tax returns, which, yeah. you know, may or may not account for losing your job in the last three weeks. Um, right, exactly. You know, so, th- yeah, just this is going to be extraordinarily important for everybody. And Tim, I'm realizing as we talk to you and <laughs> listen to you speak so knowledgeably, uh, this is probably the, the most important show Rob and I have ever done. <laughs> you know, it's weird for us to be doing it um, at this time, but we're so grateful for you to be here. And, you know, moving away from the really serious part of this, um, we were kind of wondering, just for all of us that listen and, and care about Harrisonburg, what's it like back there on campus now and around Harrisonburg? You know, it's really interesting. So I, um, Jamie has been very, 
uh, direct with me about my need to not get fidgety and go outside. <laughs> I, tend to, yeah. um, I struggle with lack of student, uh, with student and people contact mm-hmm. in general. Uh, and I basically been um, here in my, my house here in town since I guess last Monday is when I stopped going into the office every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, I will tell you a quick side story. I did go in on Tuesday and I fulfilled another uh, lifelong dream as Duke Dog. Um, uh, we did a quad cam surprise for everybody at noon last Tuesday and uh, don't tell anybody uh, although it's pretty much out now Um, I got to put that Duke Dog costume on and run around the quad for a little bit which was kind of fun that's awesome yeah so but I haven't been back in the office since Tuesday so um, it's interesting because a lot of seniors didn't leave Um, so when I was walking around the quad some of them were out there so I got to hang out with some seniors and they got a cool duke dog moment on the quad uh and then i've gone back uh sort of through i did a bike ride on sunday and i rode through campus and saw a bunch of people including uh one of my good buddies who is a jamie alum who brought his family down uh chris o'donnell um they had a really they were like where's our where's a place we can go with our kids that's two hours away that's fun and will make us feel better and they're like jamie um so that was fun to run into them on the quad uh chris and Lacey o'donnell and their kids um and, but it's really quiet. It's really strange. Um, I did a run through Purcell Park on on Saturday, mm-hmm. and that was actually pretty busy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I saw a couple students. Um, but the it's it's very strange. Although, uh, as you saw, if you've seen some of the messages I've sent out, uh, some of our students have still chosen some day drinking uh, <laughs> things that I've had to address a bit. Mm-hmm. But um, in general, it feels like a it feels like it feels in the middle of July when everyone's on vacation is the best example I can give you. Yeah. I love it that, that, that time, but not this time. Yeah. yeah, yeah not yeah, this exactly. time. Not, not as fun. Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, well yeah, go ahead. Rob. You, you go, Todd. I'm sorry. No, no. I was just going to say, Tim, I, I know you've had a small, you know, we, we've, we've talked about this and uh, I think Rob and I weighed in on our own over the weekend on Twitter a little bit. Um, but you know, it's a small minority that proud of students that are still in town that have had a hard time, but really it seems like most students, especially those seniors you were talking about who I, I can't even, I try to think back for us, you know, finishing up our last two or three months, like basically never coming back from spring break. And right. that would have been really tough. I think I, I really do. That's a, you know, that's one of my favorite memories of college is that period. And, uh, yeah. you know, I feel bad for those students, but, you know, it seems like a lot of them have been adapting pretty well. Is that what you've kind of heard from students? Absolutely. You know, I mean, I am, I'm so proud of 98.9% of our students yeah. who uh, are doing this the way you got to do it. I mean, you know, I talked to a group of the student ambassadors who were out on the quad, um, the other day, I guess one of the day, I guess one of the days I left the office, mm-hmm. uh, like six or seven, they were out in the quad because it was a nice day, and you know they were all just sort of sitting out there. They had chalked the whole circle uh, with just sort of uplifting messages for everybody, and um, and they were all seniors. They were all seniors who were student ambassadors, and they were like, "We don't want to leave yet." And I guess it was the Friday before online classes started, okay. and we just chatted for a while, and you know it's funny when I was a senior in 96, mm-hmm. we had a huge snowstorm that spring. Break. Yeah. I remember. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and we came back to a huge amount of snow and we didn't have class for like a week. And then so. it flooded. Remember? Yeah. <laughs> it flooded yeah. and it melted, but I can't imagine 
than not having the next seven weeks after that. Right. Yeah. That's you know what, what I mean? Like exactly. it was hot. It was, it was fun for two days. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like being snowed in for two days and all that kind of stuff was kind of fun. But imagine yeah. you're been essentially like snowed out for the rest of the semester. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been so impressed by so many of our students who have been helping people looking at JMU and trying to decide if they want to go here as freshmen next year. We're just doing all the right things. So, yeah, I mean, the vast majority, and that's why I sent a letter to all students and parents this morning, and it really noted first that I'm really proud of almost everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also get it. Like, you've lost yeah. what this thing you've heard about, you've learned about, you've yearned for for three and a half years is was taken away from you. I would be unhappy about that. I'm unhappy for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I think at the same time, we've got a responsibility here as citizens in this community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt. No, I mean, that's, that's great. And it's, I, I agree with everything you've been saying. I think from the students we've interacted with or seeing, like, I've actually been amazed at their maturity, handling it much better than I yeah. would have. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't, maybe that's just they're more comfortable with interacting online or something. I don't even want to get into it, but just hats off to them. But what about the staff and the faculty? Because I feel like they're kind of overlooked. Everybody's like, oh, the poor students. But I mean, people dedicate their lives to higher ed, like being around campus and being around students too. And it's a thrill. Like, and, and I feel like nobody's really talking about that or how, how they're impacting. So what's your sense of how like you and your colleagues and the faculty are holding up? Uh, I mean, I appreciate the question a lot. I think um, I didn't really admit to myself how hard this has been until today when I got on the phone or on the video conference with my student advisory board. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I had about 24 students on that and I literally, I couldn't stop smiling for the whole hour and 45 minutes we were on. Cause I was just so excited to be with my students. Right. Uh, I mean, that's why I do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's such an interesting thing because, um, this is personal and professional right now, because you're personally worried about your own health, your own well-being, your own family, all that. And you've got a job to do and you got to do it in your house now. Um, and then you've got to try and take care of people you can't touch anymore. And, and, you know, in the way that I'm used to sort of being with my students Mm -hmm. and yeah, I think the staff is doing great work, but I think they're all struggling. I mean, imagine, uh, you know, imagine doing your job and someone comes to you on a Friday and says, Oh, by the way, nine days from now, your entire job has to be delivered online. (laughs) Go. And, and maybe you don't even know how to use, some of the technology, you don't even know it exists uh, for some of the things you have to do. And we did it. I mean, over 4,500 classes got put online in nine days. Wow. And I just, that's just shocking that that's even yeah. possible to do. Um, and then, then you take that and then you take, take you know, for example, everyone that works with me, I've got a counseling center that's got to figure out how to give counseling to people who don't live here. Mm-hmm. And it's not as simple as we'll just do it on the phone. Well, no, that there's a lot of different laws you have to do. And oh, by the way, because you're in Virginia, you can't do counseling over state lines. Mm. So how do you do that? And then you've got a judicial office that's trying to figure out how do you do hearings without anyone in the room? Mm-hmm. How do you do health? You know, how do you do health work with people not in the room? How do you do student activities? How do you do Greek life <sighs> when you're not in the room or in the state? Mm-hmm. So I'm just been amazed. I mean, the the teams that work with me. Uh, are some of the best people on earth that do this and their passion for this has just been so impressive. And at the same time, managing that other piece of the pull of worried about your own lives and your own safety. And, you know, I've got, I've got people who are teaching 
fifth grade to their fifth grader and trying to run student life at the same mm-hmm. time virtually. Yeah. You know, I mean, no offense to people with kids. I'm so glad I don't have kids right now. I could not do this. Tim, I have two I boys. And it... I'm struggling. And Rob, yeah. I keep asking Rob, and I can't even imagine. He's I, I don't want to make this right about now. me, but I've got two boys, um, one of whom is very focused. You know, wakes up in the morning. He's like, I'm going to watch TV. And then 9 o'clock, it's school time. The other one who is fighting us every step of the way. I'm trying to work from home. Yep. My wife is a speech therapist for a county school system, which was not as well prepared as the city we live in mm-hmm. and they're scrambling to try to get up to speed and get those 45 measure classes online. It is a difficult challenge. Um, <laughs> just four people all adapting to new way of life. So yeah. to do that, like I have so much respect, um, obviously for everybody doing it, but educators who are doing it, you know, their job, but there's a greater kind of burden on them to make this experience as normal as possible for dozens, if not hundreds of others. So it, it's right. a tremendous challenge. And, it actually gives me hope. Everybody talks about how this is sure. such a dire economic situation. And I'm like, okay, I get that. And it's bad. And there's plenty of ways we can just sit here and worry. But the fact that our entire educational system has pivoted in the span of about 14 days yeah. and it's kind yeah. of moving along, it, it's tough, but it's also kind of inspiring, you know, and, and it, just, yeah. it kind of gives me hope that if, if education, which is a big, huge challenge and not, it's been doing it the same way for a lot of years. <laughs> it's actually pretty cool the way people have stood up and and really completely done this in in ways that were not called, they were not expected to be called upon. So for me, it's, it's kind of inspiring in that sense when I'm the dad trying to deal with it with my children, (laughs) not as inspiring, (laughs) but I do appreciate all the teachers way more than I ever have in my life. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I've wondered, I mean, you know, God bless you. I I'm like, at this point, I'm just trying to figure out how Jamie's not going to kill me when we live together starting next week. Because <laughs> yes, it is just with two people. Yeah, I know it. You know, but yeah. having two other bodies in the house, I just I can't imagine. And then having a teacher. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I yeah I just you know don't make me learn the new math. I just can't no. do it. No, we, we had a we had a family risk game tonight that did not go that well. So <laughs> we were questioning our choice of game at the end of the day. Yeah, that's a that's a t- I mean that's war. I mean, yeah. that's a tough game to throw into a family. Yeah. <laughs> The, the boy's comment was maybe we should have just played the game of life instead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's my family and I, our game was monopoly that never went well. Yes. Oh yeah. Because you know, again, eventually you bankrupt so... someone and it's usually a parent and it never goes well from that. On, <laughs> yep. On. Yep, yep. That's exactly right. Tim, yeah. we did have, um, you mentioned this a little earlier and I wanted to get back to this because um, I know I feel it myself. And that is uh, the anxiety that a lot of people are dealing with. And you were talking about the counseling services that JMU, you know, tries to provide. Are there any resources in general, you know, specifically that you can point, you know, not just students, but maybe staff or faculty too, um, that could help, you know, what's available to people during this time? Like, how are you guys running that? Sure. So uh, I'll start with the yep. student part. Um, so we're actually still remaining open for in-person crisis sessions. Oh, wow. Yep. Uh, on purpose that we really just want to still provide that. So we do have some students who have taken advantage of that. Um, So they can come in the building, they go upstairs. We actually have turned in a few of our conference rooms. We turned them into counseling rooms. Uh, And what I mean by that is it's a 12 foot room. So you can be on opposite sides of the room. So it's a little awkward for counseling, Mm -hmm. but uh, (laughs) it gives them that sort of space to be safe. Um, And then we are launching telehealth for students, um, that we were already working with um, within Virginia. Yep. 
but we're, you know, it's a hard thing across state lines. It's just not something we're waiting to see if there's a change in laws in all this short term. Yeah, it's um, got to be hard because I imagine you guys have some online students out of state all the time, right, going on like constantly sure, not but, many, but those but, yeah. but that small population understands like they're told up front that this is part of the deal right that you're not you don't right. have access to certain services or certain um you know right. items whereas now it's got to be really hard for your student from maryland or new jersey or north carolina that is used to having access to all these jamie services and while they're in class and now they are still in right. class but they are in a place where they don't yeah that's got to be really hard huh but there is one really interesting thing that um, that I've been talking to folks about and learning about is that for most of them, or not most of them, for some of them, it's actually better because they're back with their home counselor. Oh, yeah. So yeah. Uh, a lot of their, these students already had a counselor at home before they came to JMU. Uh-huh. So for students who, you know, because a lot of our students now have been seeing a counselor well before they come to right. college. So there's an existing relationship. That's actually one of the challenges is that they come and they're used to someone they've been with for one, two, four, eight years mm-hmm. at home. And then they got to start working with someone new mm-hmm. here. Uh, so in many ways, we're able to, for both crisis at home and just regular counseling, say, hey, just go back to your old provider. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that is actually a good thing uh, that we've been able to resolve. And then this is a little bit farther in the future, but this fall we'll be opening a um, 24-hour crisis line that will be staffed by licensed counselors all the time for JMU students. Oh, wow. yeah. oh that's awesome. Um, and which we've not, yeah, we've only had that for a living, for a live on students the last few years because the population got so big, we couldn't manage everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we've committed the resources to have that for all students starting this fall. Uh, so I'm really excited to have that in place because that means any student can call and get help and, and get that support. And that, I'm really excited to be able to provide that for students next year. Yeah, that's fantastic news. Yeah. Sorely needed, too. Like, it's just, it's so yeah. great the way that, you know, when we were in school, there wasn't really this acceptance or even acknowledgement of, of mental health challenges. And we still have a ways to go, but it's really awesome to see how schools in particular are kind of on the forefront of this and, and how JMU is, is on the forefront with a program like this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and we've changed so much. I mean, you've had to with who's coming to college and, uh, I think our better diagnosis of things, but also greater, as you said, acceptance that sometimes people are struggling with things and they need that support. And it's just so different. Even when I was a student, when I was an RA in 93, I didn't have one mental health thing all year. And you would think I might've, cause I was in the honors building, yeah. not because I deserved to be there. Trust me, I, was not the <laughs> um, I did not get the GPA for that, but um, you know, it was, that's a very high stress community, but there was no mental health incidents all year. Um, and now, you know, we just have a lot more students who are managing a lot more than they did before. It's hard when you think about this, this class, right? Your seniors that we were talking about earlier, they were already, my math is right, right? They were already in preschool at nine eleven, right? Yeah. They have lived through, we, we have been, you know, the nation has been at war since they were born essentially, you know, since yep. they were mm-hmm. old enough to think about, they've been through Newtown and Parkland, right? I mean, while they were at JMU, some, some of those. Yeah, yeah this sure. is a, it's got to be a hard, yeah. And, the, and think about it this way. I got my first cell phone in the year 2001. Mm-hmm. Year two, no, year 2000, I think. No, 2001. When I was... 28 27 right. yeah, 28 probably, we did. Probably, yeah. you know yeah. and 
you think about now, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day and they held his kids off until they were nine and they were like the last kids in their community to get yeah. a cell phone. Yeah. And, and just think about being that connected to the world and having being impacted by that much information that early. Like I didn't read the paper when I was a kid. Like I didn't know what no. was happening until my mom made me sit and watch the seven <laughs> right, o'clock news right. or six, whatever it was. Like I, one time a day, I knew what happened right. in the world for 30 minutes and it was Dan yep. Ryder. <laughs> and then, and then I didn't care about the news the rest of my life, the rest of, you know, 23 and a half hours until the next time I cared yeah, about the news. Uh, and now news in quotes is <laughs> hitting them all the mm-hmm. time. Uh, and I think that's a big piece of this is that our students are never off. Um, I had a, not to go too far to no. the side here, but I think it ties into the mental health thing. Uh, one of the tasks, one of the tasks I've been giving students when I meet with them in groups is we talk about two things that I believe everyone can give uh, no matter what. And that's one is um, time and the other is presence. And I tell them that often they give time, but not presence. And it's because they've given their lives up to a machine. And one of the things I have them do is I go in, I have them go into their phones and I ask them to identify how many apps do they have that give them notifications. Mm-hmm. And the, guess what the top, the highest number is so far. And I've probably done this with 600 students so far, the highest number of notifications on a phone so far. Rob, I don't, this guy for- I don't know. It's gonna be. It's gonna make me. I so try old. to limit mine, and I still probably have too many. <laughs> it's 40, 42. Wow. Oh my gosh! I, I'm like probably two, maybe like just yeah. I've got like three, and yeah. I, I realized today I need to turn off the Yahoo Sports one because they're just <laughs> <laughs> the listicles and the the really phony. Like it's kind of annoying during the year, but at least you get like, hey, you know, there's a score or something like that. Now it's just like, who was the best player in the '83 March Madness? Vote now. It's like right. Positive. Um, man, that's yeah. Crazy. Now it's just this this day in uh, sports history. Yeah. Like that's all yeah, yeah, got. exactly. Um, so, and what I challenge them to do is, I say, okay, cut that in half, and take off half your notifications. And then they do that, and they stress out, whatever. And then I have them do it again. Mm. So I end up getting that student with forty two down to eleven. And then I say, try and leave it this way for twenty four hours and find out if your life is different in any wow. way. And I've had a couple students reach back out, reach out back to me and say. God, I don't notice that I'm missing anything, except now I just feel like I'm a little bit more like aware of my world. Uh, I mean, there was this one app a student had that uh, it was the Domino's app that basically notified them every time they were near a Domino's. Oh, no, no. It's terrible. I'm like, it's a delivery place. What do you care if you're driving by it? Uh, but I mean, that's the level that our students have given up their control to, the, to their mm-hmm. phone. Uh, so I'm trying to help them get some of that back, but I think that ties directly yeah. into a lot of the mental health challenges that we're seeing. Yeah, that's yeah. You got to be able to step away. Like I know I, I've been making a point of trying to stay. I, I don't want to be ignorant, but I feel like there's a point when I can't read any more about this situation and do anything other than worry. So I've been trying to spend less time on Twitter and Facebook and just like take walks and everything. And every day I do a little bit less, and every day I feel a little bit more positive about the situation. Yep. Um, there's just it, it's just brutal. Like you can just go down these rabbit yeah. holes and just get in your own head and make things, things are bad enough. You don't need to be re- If I look at one more stinking, you know, logarithmic or exponential growth curve, my head's going to screw up. I'm like, okay, I'm staying in. I get it. I don't know why I need to keep it. Like I'm staying in. I'm pretty much confined to my backyard. 
I need to just stay positive and focus on what I can control and stop worrying about all this crap. And, yep. You know, no, I'm with you. I mean, I, it's so funny. I just, I don't watch horror movies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, no. No. I see enough scary stuff in yeah. life. Like, I don't no, need that. I'm right there with you. Like, I don't care if it's a quiet place or not. I'm not going <laughs> yeah. there. Like, I have no interest in Rob and I were saying the other day, it's been all Nora Jones while I'm working during the day. I just <laughs> yeah. can't handle much else, right? It was her birthday yesterday. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I had to look it up. It was yeah. my son's birthday, so he had me look up all the other famous people, and Nora Jones and Eric Clapton yeah. oh, were the two big ones. Uh, that's yeah. funny. I, I feel bad. I, Eric Clapton's my favorite guitarist, and I didn't know it was his birthday. Off, yeah, the card. yeah. So, we didn't know. Well, Tim, I, I guess uh, just <laughs> before we get you out of here, can you just, um, if people want to find out more about Madison Forever or any other potential ways to give it, what's the best way to find out about it? Uh, they can just go directly to advancement. Um, I'll just pull it up real quick just so I can give you the correct mm-hmm. information. But the um, jmu.edu.jmu.edu slash give um, will take them, you know, where they need to go and they can find everything from there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I do think that it's, uh, I think we need help. And I know a lot of people are struggling. And I, I also believe at this time we need to give to the people in most need. And that's our service. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm probably not following the company line on that, but I just think, it, you know, the people that are going to need this the most that they need to finish uh, are going to be our students that are going to need an extra meal or going to need, you know, something to fill a gap because of a parent losing a job or themselves losing mm-hmm. a job. Uh, you know, a lot of campus student employees don't have jobs to do anymore because you got to do yeah, it in yeah. person. Um, so, yeah, I think those are those would be where we'd want people to go and try and support our yeah. students. And think about it. I mean, everybody in Harrisonburg that's friends of ours and spreads this around. I was thinking about Tim, you know, our dog walker is a master student at George Mason up here in Fairfax. Mm. And it's, yeah. she has been kind of with us for a while and, you know, really care a lot, but like this, what she's not, obviously not walking to do dogs right now, you know, and yeah. we had a discussion with her the other day about what, you know, how we could be of help. And I think that's the kind of people that we, um, you know, the JMU community needs to look out for, you know, if you're yeah, friends I or agree. family and especially, you know, not just the people in Harrisonburg. Right. I mean, uh, but if you're in Richmond or North Virginia or Virginia beach, wherever you are right now, and, and your next door neighbor's son or daughter is a JMU student who probably would have been working right now back at JMU at O'Neill's yeah. or the movie theater or wherever. Um, you know, they're home finishing their studies, but they, they, they don't, you know, they're out that whatever they needed to get by. And yeah, right. I mean, they still have expenses, whether it's, you know, car payment or car insurance, rent back at Harrisonburg, what have you. So, you know, yeah. think about what you can do for them too. Yeah. And not to guilt you into this, but one of the things Jamie's doing with our dog walker is she's still tipping him every week, even though we're not. Ha- we're, yeah, we're walk. doing the same thing. Yeah. That's, uh, that's exactly what yeah. we're doing. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, I feel bad yeah. that, you know, we don't need the yeah. guy. I mean, at this point, I'm, when I get there, the dog's going to say, I'm done. Right. Yeah. Because right. yeah. um, yeah. she's already doing twice a day, and I'm going to probably take him at least once That's it. We've myself. been doing, yeah, we're like three times a day now. So, yeah. Yeah. He's going to yeah. hide from me. He usually enjoys yeah. me, but he's going to run. Uh, um, so, I wonder, can I throw one sports thing? Absolutely. Absolutely. Funny? Yeah. So, the other day, you know, we're in the middle of a basketball coach search um, that you knew. Bravo, you know, by the way. We're both very pleased. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was too. So it was really funny. I went in um, to talk to the president about, you know, obviously COVID-19. Um, 
and we had not announced anything yet. And I'm just sitting there talking to him. He's behind his desk and on his desk behind him, there was this binder that says Byington huh. on it. Uh, and it's got his picture. And I was like, hmm, interesting. Because <laughs> uh, I'm not involved in the, right. in the search. So I like go back to my office and I look him up. I'm like, okay, Georgia, like it, like it. I'm like, he wouldn't, he wouldn't keep the binder if that's not who our coach yeah. is. Yeah. Uh, and then I, I had a, um, what we'll call a virtual happy hour that night with um, Jamie and our friends, Mary yeah. Margaret uh, and her husband, Trent. Yeah, I know you. Yeah. Um, and they were like, so who's the coach going to be? And I'm like, you know, I don't know. I'm not involved. <laughs> Uh, and I, I felt so good that I held the line because then we announced it like first thing the next morning it, it got out. Uh, and I was like, man, I held it. I, I, I lied to my <laughs> wife, uh, which is sort of bad. Yeah, also, company I man. Company man. Yeah, that's your wife. That's a yeah. former JMU player here, right? <laughs> like this is yeah. someone who actually really was interested in this topic. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, and, and Mary Margaret has become quite nice. the sports, uh, sports person now. So she, if I had said – Byington, she oh Georgia Southern, yeah. Um, yeah. she would have known. Um, so anyway, it was a uh, it was a fun moment for me to know something that I couldn't tell people, <laughs> including my wife. Uh, I think I'll pay the price for lying to her for the rest of my life, but it was good in the moment. Oh, that's oh, that's fantastic. That's yeah. a great story. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. Well, Tim, thank you, so, uh, Dr. Miller. Thank you so much for joining us. This, um, you know, hopefully people are really going to enjoy this. I, I know our audience has been kind of hoping for JMU stuff and Rob and I only have so much to talk about right now. So this is way more important than anything else we could have talked about this week. And I, I don't know, I just, we're thinking about you and all of the students right now. Um, there's a whole bunch of alumni that, you know, are ready to help when we can. So looking forward to you. Yeah. Well, we appreciate that. I mean, as, as you all know, I'm, I'm born and bred mm-hmm. JMU and, you know, there's nothing I want to do and nowhere I want to do it than this, uh, this time in my life. And, you know, I think that we're really doing some amazing things and we've got, you know, I've worked at a couple other schools and there's something special about the students that come to JMU and uh, you guys are an example of that. I think we all are. And, you know, I, I appreciate the passion people have for this place. And, and like I said the other day in the video I put out, JMU isn't a place, it's a family and a feeling. And, you know, I think that's something that sticks with us in our hearts the rest of our lives. And I appreciate what you all do to keep that alive every day. Awesome. Well, thank you for saying that. That's very nice of you, but um, thanks for all your hard work too. I know you, it's, it's really fun following you on Twitter and seeing um, your passion for the student body come through every day. It's, yeah. it's really, it's neat. And I think a lot of the reasons the students are so excited is because they've got a staff and faculty like you who are so excited to make their experience a positive one. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. I was told to just say thank you when I get a compliment. So <laughs> okay. I would say thank you. Thanks, Dr. Miller. We will, we hope to talk to you again and better circumstances soon. Yes, anytime, and make sure Jamie gets on before I get on a second time. <laughs> yeah, we, will that. we will do we that. We will do that. All right, thanks, Dr. Thanks, Miller. All right, thanks. All right. Take care. And welcome back to the JMUSB podcast. Todd Rob, uh, thrilled to have been joined by Dr. Miller. Rob, that was a really cool interview. And I uh, hope everybody enjoyed it as much as we did. Yeah, that was that was a good time. As we kind of mentioned ad nauseum with the intro, that went a little yes. long, but that was fun. I'm glad. Thanks again, Tim, for joining us. And please, if you've got the the means or you're looking for something mm-hmm. to throw a little money, Madison Forever is certainly worthy of your consideration. Big time. So, Rob, we were going to do a quick overtime tonight. I was wondering what you want to introduce introduce it for us. Yeah, well, just I mean, 
we might as well get on to like our mm-hmm. listicle type stuff. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's just keep it simple and say like things we miss about sports right now. Um, yeah. We don't need to do like rankings or draft. Just go back and forth a few times. and You can go off. You can start. JMU related or other. Okay. Well, I miss Kate Gordon building on the JMU home run record for softball. Yes, that would have been nice. <laughs> that, that, that's my number one thing. So I, I um, had already broken the record early this season. Um, I have no idea. Obviously, she's one of the seniors we'll talk about in a future episode. Um, no idea what her plans are for the future, but th- this would have been a fun one to watch. The um, leader of an offensive attack that was going to be pretty fearsome in the CAA this year. So yeah. That was it for me. I guess, no. I mean, the obvious one would have been you know, the, the women's basketball potential run through the tournament. That mm-hmm. is something that I will miss. Oh, but it's, yeah, that's that's, that, that's yeah. more like a regret. So I don't really, yeah, I'm cause... trying to take this more of like a happy thing or like, <clears throat> or just like, you know, the, the distraction. So for me, and I mean this with all sincerity, mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to JMU, I miss bandwagons. Like I, I miss, <laughs> and I, yes. you, you know, cause we've supported a lot of these programs for a long. I'm not trying to hold ourselves up, no. but like, I miss people who've never seen a lacrosse game yeah. going crazy for Molly Doherty on a Saturday yeah. afternoon online. Yeah. You know, like I, I, yeah. I think that's really fun. And bandwagon is such a negative connotation. Mm-hmm. I've always kind of gone the other way or tried to go the other way. I have, I'm, I'm making myself sound too mature. In the past few years, I've gone the other way. And so I shouldn't knock people who are new to like something I've long liked. I should embrace them mm-hmm. and make it more fun. With mm-hmm. JMU, it's easier because at a certain point, most of us came to JMU via some sort of bandwagon, meaning we were students. We got caught up in the excitement. I was not rooting for JMU basketball in the 80s. I didn't know anything about <laughs> it. Um, but I just think one of the things I like most about JMU is how people get so caught up in their passion for the school, and it spills over and becomes real passion for sports or teams or games they might not have ever paid attention to mm-hmm. prior to JMU. Um, and again, I think this is particularly cool. I hope people don't take this the wrong way, but with women's sports, I think a lot of people do not care about women's sports until they come to JMU and get swept up in the excitement mm-hmm. and it becomes a passion and it's something that, you know, becomes a lifelong passion. Yeah. To me, that is really neat and positive and, I miss that. Um, I, I mm-hmm. The lacrosse run to the championship a few years ago is a great example. Softball, another great example. But even mm-hmm. people getting really fired up about volleyball, making the tournament a few years ago. I just think it's really, really neat when you're online and people are going crazy about a soccer game. And maybe mm-hmm. people who never played soccer before. <laughs> so I'm going no, that men's run to the lead eight was like, yeah. oh, wow, like I just, we're all watching this. For me, yeah. that's fun. And, and yeah. it really, it's what I've it sums up what I miss about sports, which is that feeling of community. Um, yeah. Twitter for sports is so much better than Twitter for anything else. As we're finding out. Yeah. Um, evidence spades, but so I just, I miss bandwagons and I think the spring sports are a particularly good bandwagon time. Yeah. Everybody's kind of just looking for distractions. And so I don't know. I, I miss that. I miss seeing people just get super fired up and, and finding their passion for something that they might not have had, you know, three months ago. Yeah, that's a good one, and and, and just not not just the bandwagon, but uh, the um, I guess the bandwagon kind of goes along with this one, which is I miss just the I don't know what to call it the the rhythm, yeah, of it, right? Of that it's you go from one thing to the next, and you don't know what your bandwagon might be, but you know there's going to be something to catch your attention, you know, yeah. um, 
I mean, I, I haven't thought I'm not like boohooing the cancellation of the Olympics, right. But, or the tour de France, but like, those are two things that I don't think about. I really don't ever think about in the time between when they're actually on, but I get really into both, but I might get into both of them like every summer in the morning before I go to work or something. You it's know, like, fun. It's like you yeah, find your like, tribe. You, you feel like you're part of, it shrinks the world a little bit. And I got to say, I really miss golf is the weirdest one for me. I don't particularly care about golf in terms of like, it's not a thing I follow past. I mean, there are people who are like, that's their thing, right? Yeah. Wait, our buddy Wade, like that's his thing. But I'm not like that. But having a, that Sunday afternoon, we've talked about the golf, the Sunday afternoon golf nap on TV. Yeah. Just the mellowness of the tournament. Like, I have had a hard time. You know, all the channels, all the sports channels have been reshowing old games. And it's been hard for me. I haven't, like, really wanted to sit down and watch much old basketball. Um, I watch a little, you and I, I think, both watch a little bit of the old baseball. Yeah. At times. I, I watch the 86 Mets. <laughs> you watch the 86 Mets, right? Yeah. Yeah. But golf is the one I can put on in the background right now. And it's like, I don't care what men's, women's, senior. Like, I don't care what term it is. It's just nice and calm. It's not loud on the TV. Like, I've been surprised how much I miss that. Yeah, that, that surprised me too. Like, I, I, you could have asked me to list 100 things. I never would have. Golf wouldn't have been in the top 100. No, um, no. <laughs> I just, I, yeah, I love like playing the Masters growing up. Masters be coming but... up now, and I'd be like, all right, when am I going to watch that, that Masters Sunday nap? Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I mean, the only time I really watch it is Father's Day. I like, the U.S. Open, like US watching Open. The, the backstretch of the U.S. Yeah. Open, but um, I'd be lying if I said I cared about golf. No, 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 <laughs> no. I, know. I, I don't really normally either, but yeah. I've heard other people say that, though, like the, the calming nature of it and the fact that it goes on for four days, and it's something you can kind of follow from Thursday to Sunday. And you don't really um, have to pay attention. No, it's, <laughs> like, it's only like 30 minutes on it, Sunday. It's a very passive. to be in front of the TV that you can watch. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, this is not JMU-related. Mm-hmm. And this is very particular, but it's something I really miss nowadays. Baseball players not stepping on the foul line. Like, <laughs> this is just such a dumb, but to me, it's just like. The, the little hop? Yeah, yeah, the little hop. Like, particularly, and, and you know, if you're not a baseball fan, it's, it's a superstition. You don't step on the foul line. Most players follow it. Managers always follow it. I love just the weird, like, it reminds me when I'm watching a game. That's all high stakes. That is just such a dumb little thing and not important at all. Yeah. And it's just supposed to be fun. And I love it when, like, a relief pitcher comes in and he closes out an inning and he mm-hmm. runs off the field but then does that little hop little just hop. to get over. Like, yeah. I just love it. It just, it, just make, it just reminds me that it's all just a game. And that's really what I miss about sports, the distraction element and just the little moments where it kind of takes your mind off things and jumping over the foul line or, like, not talking during a no-hitter. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the stuff that I miss the most. The silly little things where it's like you're really you're an insider for the game, and it's like that most people wouldn't even notice. But if you're a baseball fan, you know exactly what I'm talking about right there. Oh yeah, well, and that kind of goes along. The one I was the last one I was going to say, Rob, was um. So you and I both live pretty close by, mm-hmm. um, you know, high schools, right? Yeah. And uh, I happen to live right down the street from both your high school and my high school. Mm-hmm. And both of them are places I can hear the game and the where just where I happen to live. I can hear the game. I can certainly hear the band or the crowd or whatever, just in the background. Yep. And I don't think I ever really 
like since I moved back here, I've never really thought much about it. Like it's there, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I, I guess occasionally I go out on Friday afternoon and hear it in the backyard, but I don't really, it's not like I thought, Oh, I want to go up there and see that. Yeah. And uh, like everybody else, I've been walking my neighborhood over and over and over again <laughs> lately um, and have had the chance to, you know, kind of walk around both schools. And I'm like, man, I do kind of miss that everyone just being out there. Yeah. You know, you know, like, yeah, for sure. It's that, that community feel, I think, is what yeah, exactly what you said. Exactly. Like, just, and it's yeah. also the routine nature of it. Like, you know, on Friday nights, you kind of count on that noise during football season or, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's, it's absolutely, it's, it's kind of the pace of life. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I guess I, I could go on forever with yeah, this, but my other one, and this is very specific again, but like, I miss hockey goals and like, <laughs> oh, I, the celebration. Well, just yeah. the celebration. Like for me, like I, I'm not hockey's not my favorite sport. I'm a pretty passionate Caps fan, right? But it's not my passion for the game of hockey does not reach the levels of my passion for like baseball or basketball. But like right. I'm a huge Caps fan. Yeah. Um, but there is nothing better to me than the, the hockey goal and celebration because <sighs> it kind of comes out of nowhere. It does. You know, I like, never like, like, like quite even see it. you never <laughs> quite see it. And like, sometimes you get so excited, like you notice more of the players reacting yeah. or if you're at the game, sometimes you, you see the light or you hear uh-huh. the, you hear the horn, but yeah. it's just so sudden. And it's just such a sudden out of nowhere exuberance that is different than anything. Like there are big plays in football or big hits, but it's not yeah. as critical as a, as a flashpoint moment as a goal in yeah. hockey. Like a yeah. touchdown's a big deal but you see it happen over and over and the right. excitement builds to a crescendo. Um, yep. Even like a big dunk or something, unless it's like a yeah. put back, you usually see yeah. the guy get loose and he dribbles up and you feel that anticipation, even when it's, you know, might only be two seconds, but it's drawn out hockey goals, particularly if you're a Caps fan, like we are, <laughs> you see Ovi from the Ovi spot. I mean, it's just right. like lightning and then Bang. boom, it explodes. And just yeah. that pure exhilaration um, yeah. to me, is just, it, that's the best celebration and moment of even like soccer like equalizers no, in soccer right. are great funny. but like I mean, I in hockey it's just it's just boom because it's a, they're pivotal you know even a high scoring game you're only looking at five seven goals so like it's not like a dunk where wow that was awesome but it was one of 62 field goals or something <laughs> right, 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 right. Or, or one touchdown so like I, right. I just i miss hockey goals as the defining moment of just like boom wow oh my gosh where like you come up off the couch yeah. and you're excited <laughs> Yeah. Well, and soccer and baseball, both, you know, similarly low scoring soccer, mm-hmm. even more so, but there's generally a little bit of buildup. Yeah. I mean, right? like, in even the play, a home there's run. a buildup or, or it's a set piece and you know, like this might be a goal. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, um, I love watching Pete Alonso's homers last year. Like it's awesome. Yeah. And you hear that crack of the bat and it's exciting, mm-hmm. but then you've got like the three seconds to get over the wall for kind of the whole, it's a different sort of excitement. It is. It's, it's, it's not just out of totally It's not just boom, there. like, oh my gosh, what just happened? Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, no, that's a really good one. Well, I don't know if you have anything else, Rob, but I think that's a really fun way to wrap up for tonight. Um, looking forward to talking to you again. I don't know. Soon. Yeah, we got sometime time. this week. We got, week. We'll see. we got time. We got guests lined up. I think we're going to have some fun stuff in store. Uh, we'll see. But thanks again to Dr. Miller and Rob. I just I hope you're doing okay. And listen, hey, for everybody out there, um, you probably saw Rob. If you care at all, you saw us. You know, we 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 jumped down people's throat too, right? About the uh, yeah. student issue that Dr. Miller referenced earlier. Um, you know, we're dealing with our own 
we're getting through this just like everybody else. So hopefully everybody's staying safe, um, being healthy, you know, feel free, reach out. I, I just can't say this enough, Rob. We talked about this last show, but reach out to your friends. Yep. You and my friends have been the best source of sort of calming down about everything right now. Yeah. You gotta, um, you gotta you interact know. and be social. I mean, even uh, I yeah. took the leap. My wife and I had like one of those virtual zoom happy hours and I told you yeah. drinks and stuff. Hey, you know what? It was just kind of like, Oh, it's gonna be awkward. It's fun. You need to interact with people. You gotta be social. Um, yeah. It's great to have time to ourselves. People that are introverted. I know it, that's important. You got to recharge your batteries, but you got to interact with each other. Um, even if you're more introverted, do it for your extroverted friends. It means a lot to us. Yeah. And don't feel bad. I know. I think we've both talked about this, like, you know, for us at least, I, you know, I feel bad because everything's generally okay in my life. Yeah. Like, I'm like, I shouldn't really need to reach out and talk to somebody. Um, that doesn't, that's, that doesn't matter. Like call your friends, yep. check in on them, you know, um, we'll see. So Rob, it's great to talk with you as always. And I'm sure we will talk again very soon. Yeah, absolutely. It's good talking to you and hope everybody's staying safe. Yep. Thanks, everybody. Go Dukes. Someone to say hello in there.